It's about finding the balance, I mm. think, of saying this is what I'd like, but I'm accepting your version of it because that individual touch is what brings the beauty into the whole picture. everybody to People Are People. We are sitting here in Barcelona today with uh, another interesting guest. Uh, in today, when I say we, uh, it is me, Emil, and uh, my friend Baptiste. Hello. And the, one, the person we have with us today uh, for our interview victim, as I like to call it, uh, we have Noha Muspa. Welcome, Noha. Thank you. Sounds slightly dangerous with victim, but you said it with a smile. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's all about how you convey the message. Yeah. And so for this episode, we will hear Tamara, that you heard uh, last month, uh, tell us about uh, an anecdote about our new guest, so Noha. So hello again, Tamara. Tamara. Hello. Um, do you have an anecdote to present? Uh, yes. Uh, the first time I met Noha... Uh, was at an improv drop-in that I was teaching. There is something about her, she's very memorable, and I think that has something to do with the way she interacts with people. Like there are just certain people who spread positive energy, or you could see that the way they interact with people, that they are uh, kind and caring and generally interested in people around them, and, and Noha is one of those people. And uh, getting to know her more, Uh, or better, um, that was only confirmed more and more. I, I was thinking when, when you asked me to give an anecdote, I was thinking like, okay, what words would I associate with Noha? And three words came to mind immediately, and that was warm, intelligent, and um, hardworking. Uh, we usually, we start our, our conversation with, uh, uh, with asking Uh, about like is there anything that like what is important for you in your life right now that's a big and important question and you're free to interpret it in in whatever way you you want to interpret it the interesting thing is that the past few months specifically i've thought a lot about that um because there was a big change in my life four months ago um and it's really gotten me to think like what what is important in my life i'm still analyzing that and figuring that out um but what i do know is that it's the people in your life finding the ones that you really care about and who really care about you um and everything else is just marginal i mean it's lovely to have a great job that you're passionate about and um you know your career path and all of that but it all comes down to the people in your life Yeah, who who just who who just truly care and love you, and where you feel the same way. I've I've been a person, still am, who works a lot. Uh, I enjoy my work, but uh, still I I've started um, looking more at how I'm working and how much I'm working, and what I uh, need to compromise with because of that. 
And I noticed that, yeah, I don't spend as much time as I'd like to with the loved ones in my life. And I'd like to change that. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Since you prepared this question, you have this question in your mind in some month. Did you start changing something so in your behavior and in what you do to, to match this objective of being more with people? I think I've started taking some steps into really connecting with the people who I care about and trying to give that more time. It's still a process. I, I think somehow it's sort of marinating in me, that whole thing. And um, because I've, I, I had already had like a work commitments that I had promised I'd, I'd, I'd do and that I've committed to, I you know, have to deliver on those, but I'm, my future plans are to, are to really focus on what's important in my life, uh, which, which is the people. So I haven't taken any major steps yet, um, but it's sort of like that um, feeling is sort of uh, filling my body up bit by bit, and then soon I think it's going to overflow and something's going to happen. I feel that there are two kind of people, uh, two men, two way of dealing with changes. You have people that change bit by bit, very slowly, all their life, and you have people where you have little revolutions by little revolutions. Are you more in the second kind? I'm a mix, I'd say. Yeah, some things, I I feel like I really need to give them time for that process to you know just take its time, mm. um, accept whatever I need to be doing right now and what I'm feeling at this moment. Um, and other times, like with my career change, I just cut that off and jumped into my new career. And there was no step-by-step -step going on there. Um, so yeah, it really, it really depends. And what do you prefer? To go step-by-step step or to, to jump in the unknown? <laughs> I think I need to use, to use different techniques depending on what it is. If there's something that I know that Like deep down, I know I need to do this, but it's my fear that's keeping me back or it's my anxiety that's keeping me back. Then sometimes I just need to jump and make the change um, because otherwise, you know, I'll just stay stuck in wherever I am. Um, while other things, I think especially if it's got to do with my feelings and, and so on, um, I think... I don't like to push myself. I want to allow myself to accept the process that I need to be going through right now because it's such a complex process as well. There's so many feelings involved in, um, in, in certain things. And if you push them, you, you might push yourself into the wrong direction. So I like to let that happen just step by step. Uh, you, you in the beginning you you, you were saying that uh, what matters a lot for you is like the people uh, and uh, you said like how like the, the finding the right people uh, around you and keeping them and spending time with them uh, do you have a and like a, a, a story or something about when you found the right person like the right friend or like how you how you found someone that could be a person, important person in your life. Yeah, I'm thinking about when I meet friends who feel like they're right for my soul <laughs> <laughs> is when I come home 
from like after meeting the friend or if we're home, you know, once once they leave, like once I'm alone after meeting my friends, when I feel like, oh, mm. and I'm just like, yeah, this, I, you know, I have a little smile on my face. There's this sort of serenity. It's not like popcorn happiness where I'm jumping around. It's more like, hmm, okay, and now I will go on with my day. Uh, while with others, it might be like, hmm, there, there's something that doesn't feel entirely right or doesn't feel entirely calm. Then I know that maybe we're not really right for each other. Um, or if I can't be myself and just say things as they are and not have to hide things or change things slightly or adapt them that I know that yeah we're we're right for each other you know I can I can be myself and I can uh, yeah just enjoy this person's company um, without having to worry about what's being said or how it's being said or and then you can you can tell when someone really cares about you you can just tell you know if you If you follow that gut feeling, you know. Um, the eyes, the eyes say a lot. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I look into people's eyes and yeah, see what kind of feeling I get. That's something, since we're only audio, that I need to preside. Yeah. Which is very particular with Noah when you talk to her, that she looks you in the eyes. Because human uh, tends to not look at each other. That's what I'm right now doing. I'm not looking at Noah when they talk to each other. And you have some few people that, no, no, I'm looking in your eye. You're talking yeah. to me, so I'm here. <laughs> I hope I'm not creeping you out. No, no, no. 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 Okay, good. <laughs> I, I know it's weird because I know that I have some friends, particularly uh, uh, female friends, that that sometimes can be interpreted badly, you know, right. like I have a, a friend that's, that a lot of people think they are seducing uh, each right. other and everything, yeah. because actually it's just rare to have people, yeah. if you think of it on your tomorrow when you go to work or anywhere, just check if you're looking everyone in the eyes and you realize, no, very rarely, because yeah. as soon as you think you're looking everywhere, as soon as you're a bit shy or about uh, or thinking of what you're saying you're not looking or just by reflex yeah no to me um i i can't connect with someone if mm. if i don't get the right feeling from their eyes just now actually i was out for lunch and uh, the waiter there i was like hmm yeah looking good and then i saw him again at a closer glance i'm like mm -mm, doesn't have the right look in his eyes you know he, that it's not giving me the right feeling so mm -mm. <laughs> So yeah, eyes to me are are a very important gateway to the person to know. And, and it, it, their it, it, it also makes a big difference in a conversation when when you uh, and it's not just like looking in the other person's eyes or having someone uh, looking into your eyes. It, it also like very I, I will uh, agree with with what Baptiste is saying. Like you really have there's something in your in your eyes. There's a warmth and you're like an openness. Uh, that that makes it so easy to to talk to you. And it's like, oh, I, this this person is giving me their entire attention right now because it's so clear with the way that you look and are open. Uh, because you can have someone looking into your eyes, but you can feel that they are they're not completely open to everything that you're saying. Uh, but like, there's some sort of judge free uh, openness in your eyes as well that that really makes it so much nicer to, to, to have a conversation and, and talk to you. Yeah. yeah, it makes me really happy to hear that. Yeah. 
So uh, you 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 just you you talking about about the gut feeling of feeling the person, yeah. but in previous episodes we could have people that were very disappointed by some people, and I guess that by following this gut feeling, you must have some moments where it doesn't work. Like there's some disappointment. Definitely. So yeah, which disappointment do you want to hear about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking that basically, so you think it's worth taking the risk, kind of. See, I think that when you've got a dis when you, when you're disappointed, then you weren't really connected to your gut feeling. That's what I think. I yeah. think that um, that gut feeling when you really when you really follow that instinctive sort of human. Um, What is it called? Like yeah, a flow, just, like. Yeah, just following that true feeling that you've got inside of you. If you really, truly are connected to it, it will lead you the right way. And I think the times that I was um, disappointed by, by someone were times when maybe my gut feeling was telling me one thing, uh, but I decided to follow my brain or, you know, not follow that instinctive feeling. Yeah, I also notice how I change quite a lot. You know, if I'm feeling that I'm in balance and I'm in harmony, sounds kind of cliche, but I really do feel this. When I feel this inner peace within me, it's just so much easier to follow that gut feeling and let it lead me to the right people. And also allowing yourself to not judge yourself as to why you're attracted to certain people and why you're not attracted to others, you know, and just let that be. Um, we're not all attracted to everyone and that's the way it is. And you don't always need to have a logical reasoning for it. Um, I think we rely too much on our sort of conscious brain when there's so much intelligence in all of our body and uh, our subconsciousness, there's so much intelligence there. If we just let it do its thing. Uh, but I think in society, we're so, yeah, we, we're just taught to follow that logical brain where you can explain things and you know why this is happening. Um, and I think that there's lots of intelligence that you can't explain with words. Um, and it, it doesn't have to be hocus pocus. It could also be the experiences that you've got that are there in the subconscious mind um, that, that lead you somewhere. And the same thing with the gut feeling where, where some people might feel like, oh, no, she's going to start talking about the universe and energies. and uh, But it could also be very sort of scientific in that sense of like you're you're accumulating a lot of experience throughout your life. And they're accumulating in different ways and in different parts of the human and the soul. Yeah, it's interesting. This like this difference of the gut feeling and um, and the being on the moment because the description we had during the anecdote by Tamara or even the the few hours I spent with you and I know you, I feel that you prepare a lot what you're doing. And so how does it connect by being on the moment where a lot of in your work, you prepare and you work a lot to be very precise? Um, Because so you, f you seem to feel in your work that it needs to be prepared and precise. But I hear now that you like to have this on the moment connection. I don't think one thing contradicts the other. I think you can be very prepared um, in the sense of This is what I'd like to reach with this 
like in, in the example you mentioned, the workshop, this is what I'd like to reach. Um, but still allow the openness as to let's see what happens in the moment and what I might have to adapt and change. Um, in that workshop, for example, that we did together, I did have to make changes on the spot and adapt and, and decide that, no, right, this is what we need at this moment. And I think the same thing applies to life in general of you can have life goals, you can have dreams, but if they're too strict and you know exactly every single step you're going to take, then you don't allow these doors of opportunities to open up um, that could bring in amazing stuff into your life if you let it. Right, and, and the same thing if you if you don't have anything planned, like you sometimes you you leave too many things open, and I think it's it's very individual on in how how we approach things. And like I I have personal experience myself of when when I have uh, prepared too much that that blocks me. Like I I I'm doing a presentation or something in a in a work uh, setting. I don't. I don't I don't feel like I can express myself because I have like a script to follow. I can't deviate from that. But if I just use bullet points and I'm free to sort of uh, do whatever I want with that presentation, it's much easier to get get my point across. Yeah. And it's I think back to my life and the twists and turns I've had in my life. And sometimes I'll go into the thought of like, oh, right, if this didn't happen when I was living in Egypt, then I wouldn't move to Stockholm. And then I wouldn't have met this guy. And then that wouldn't have led to this job. And just the whole sort of domino effect of this one thing happening in your life that you did not plan and could not have yeah. planned, like a country having a revolution, uh, you know? <laughs> that was just, I couldn't really plan you're, that. You're, you're from Egypt. So um, my parents are Egyptian. I was born in Sweden. Um, but at the time when the first revolution, 2010, 2011, started in Egypt, I was there. Um, and then, yeah, that led me to moving to Stockholm and to a bunch of other things in my life. Um, and those twists and turns, you, know, you can't plan them. Mm. Uh, you just need to go with the flow. And and that was sort of a reminder of like, yeah, this opens up for, for all kinds of opportunities and experiences and meetings with people. Um, so, yeah, you, you, um, you can have a plan, but have a sort of... A flexible plan. Listen, plan. <laughs> I was thinking of tastes, meaning that mm -hmm. uh, is it how you define your tastes? Because what is hard on being on the moment is also to be able to define what I do really like. Because it's very easy to follow some path, thinking we like it with the brain, and realizing I'm not happy. And like like taste and, and opinion. Yeah, I taste think. and opinions. Meaning that um, when I was talking about work before, I feel like. You have strong taste of what you want and don't want, what you like and don't like in a show or in something. That, of course, are not contradictory about uh, being on the moment. But still, if there is something that is totally opposite to your kind of wants and tastes, probably you will have to have this disagreement because it's nutritious for the thing. It's about finding the balance, I mm. think, of saying this is what I'd like but I'm accepting your version of it mm. because that individual touch is what brings the beauty into the whole yeah. picture. So um, 
if we go back to the example of, of preparing for a oh, show or connect, a workshop. Yeah. Or I'm talking about that because I feel it connects also to, to what you were talking about, how you approach life. Yeah. You can talk about yeah. anything else. And because I think also it ties into uh, how you uh, how you find the right people. Because yeah. uh, it seems like you have a very like good radar or like in, but, and which is based are in you saying that because we're friends is that what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all, that's you're a really good radar exactly what you're saying is that like and uh, in, in everything you've, you've said around that it, it leads me to to understand that you're you have very Uh, strong opinions of, of what you want and and what you need in your life uh, in in many different uh, uh, circumstances so like you have a clear idea of okay this is what I want this is what is com compatible with me so it seems like you're very clear on who you are as a person do you do you feel that is correct yes and no there's clarity on I want people who um This is gonna sound a bit weird, but uh, uh, <laughs> who match with my soul? <laughs> but I don't know who those people are or what they're like. Mm -hmm. So then there's an openness in that sense. Yeah. Uh, so I could be clear on, you know, I don't, especially with age, like as as I've as I've gotten older and older, um, I've gotten clear on like I shouldn't be spending time with people who you know, I don't feel comfortable with or who I don't feel are true. That doesn't make me feel happy. You know, that doesn't bring me peace. But what those people are like or where they're from or what background they've got or any of that, no idea. I've got no idea. And it's super mixed, like, uh, with, you know, pe the people who um, I see as friends, they're super varied. Um, but it's this truthfulness and just you know somebody being genuine and allowing themselves to just be who they are and not try to be someone else yeah that's the sort of common denominator I'm not sure if I really know who I am and what I want. That's a big <laughs> so thing to be know. So you with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's going back to what I said earlier. You don't have to be able to put words into everything. You don't have to be able to give logical reasoning for things. You can still feel it without knowing why you're feeling it. I feel as you describe it, uh, it, it connects to me to this like cliche that you are the four person you spend the most time with. Right. Mm. And so yeah. basically you define yourself by the people you allow to, to be with you kind of or you want to be with. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they can be very different from you. Mm. Just yesterday, I was told by someone that uh, me and a, a, one of my closest friends that were polar opposites as people. Like, I don't, you're, you're like the polar ops. And I was like, oh, yeah, we are quite different. But we still get along really well and we respect each other and love each other and care for each other and understand each other. And we understand our differences and joke about our differences and make fun of each other's differences. Because um, there's a connection that's deeper than that. On a deeper level, I think we've all got something. Yeah, we're all very, very similar. And then the uniqueness of the humans is like, 
Yeah, like these spices or this the sprinkles that are put onto each person. Oh, since you are very different, I yeah. guess that you often have disagreements. Not disagreements. It's more like, oh, you do things really differently. Oh, you view things really differently than But I do. You discuss or you yeah, know, yeah. Stand about it. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah, and uh, it's it's fascinating and it's fun because it somebody used this term earlier massaging your brain like <laughs> making your brain sort of do a bit of work and you know you start like with, when somebody comes with an opinion that's you know completely different from your own it really makes you just pause and wonder okay why do i think this and why do they think that and could i possibly you know put myself in their shoes and understand what they mean or should we just agree to disagree But I think it really opens up your brain to to allow those differences. And it seems like there's a little bit of a theme there because, like you, you talked in a similar fashion around uh, your life choices about like moving there, like when you were in in Egypt when that happened. If that hadn't uh, occurred at that moment in time, you wouldn't have moved to Stockholm. And like I, I, I draw parallels with the way you were thinking in this matter as well. With like it's 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 not about one thing it's like okay this is related to that and how has that shaped uh, how's that incident shape, shaped the way i i think here so it's like when you interact with a person like this person thinks completely different than me but why like you constantly ask yourself like the why and where could that come from like what have this person experienced that have uh, might have led like that ripple the ripple effect of like that they were in, in a um had a crossroads in life and they chose the right way and not the left way that might have led them to come to this opinion right now yeah, yeah. so yeah. Do, do you like do you apply that thought process to diff- to other things as well or is it like the thought process of analyzing or the thought process of is that what you meant no yeah like like the thought thought process of seeing how everything trickles down to what what is happening right now to like to to pull like okay uh this event affected uh affected this person in this way and that's why they think uh in that way right now or like the coming back to how like do you often analyze retrospectively about your actions and how they have affected your life yes and i'm trying to change that <laughs> oh really meaning that well because It sometimes gets you into this loop that just keeps going on and on and on. And I'm trying to change that to be like, okay, right, now now you've thought about this, you've realized this, now move on, you know? Like, let's take it from there and see um, how, how you can change that in the future if you'd like that, or just learn like, oh, right, it's because of decision A that it led to result B. Now I know that and, you know, continue. Um, because I've had, I've, I've been in that trap many times. It's just going on and on and on about past events and what I could have done differently and what I could have done better. And, um, you can, you know, you're never going to reach perfection. You can try as much as you want. You're, you're never going to make it. And it's, it's wasting your current life on what you did before. It's, yeah, it's kind of 
stupid in one way. So I, I, you know, learning from your mistakes or learning from your experiences or understanding why certain things happen, that's very interesting. That's very useful. As long as you don't end up in this never ending, you know, vicious cycle of imagining what it would be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Like like going over the same thing again and again. There's a saying in in Arabic that says uh, sort of like, what if is the creation of the devil? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Because it doesn't really move you forward if you just keep yeah. going and going on in that loop. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah I don't. I. I never stop saying to myself, "Don't worry about what you can't change." Right. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time, we're like, yeah, I can't change it anymore. So let's yeah. go on. Yeah. But you. You also said that you like trying to get away from doing that too much. Uh, what kind of actions have you taken? Uh, in your life uh, or done any changes for you to sort of try to not do that too much? Is there something that you've tried or? In a more like general abstract sense, just loving and accepting myself. If I take what you just said, loving mm. and accepting myself. Yeah. How? <laughs> Because it's easy to say at 8 a.m. in the morning yeah. and just eight one, you say, yeah, but I don't like myself. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, like. Uh, yeah. Um, so meditating has really helped me just find that calmness in me. Um, and then events in my life have, have helped me, um, you know, going back to like, what is important in life? Going back to that first question that I don't have the like golden answer for yet, but you know, um, so my dad recently passed away and yeah, you just start reprioritizing things in life. And just, you know, small things in life, it's like, what the hell? This, you know, in, in one month time, this isn't going to make a difference. Who cares about this, you know? Um, and <laughs> something that helps me. Um, so I'm, I'm still processing this whole thing with my dad passing away. Um, it's very, very special losing a parent. Yeah. Um, and it's not just the grief. There's such a complex process in so many different ways. It's also quite existential because it's someone who brought me to life Mm -hmm. who's no longer alive. Um, And, you know, I sit and think like, but where is he? What is he? What form form is he in right now? Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's like my brain can't quiet comprehend it yet. Um, But one of the things that has helped me process it uh, was so once I was standing waiting for the bus, I was at the bus station And I felt like, okay, I'm going to burst into tears right now because different things can trigger me, can make me think about dad and trigger me. And sometimes it's just a few tears and I'm fine with that. I cry in public. I'm like, I'm human. This is going to happen. That's fine. But I really felt like this is going to be explosive. Like, right, I'm going to explode. And I was like, I don't really feel like doing that right now on the street at the bus station. So then I started looking at people passing by and I just looked at this one person. I was like, in my head, you're going to die. And then the next one passed by, you're going to die. And then the next one passed by, you're going to die. Just in my head. And then I looked at myself, I'm like, I'm going to die. It, if there's one thing we all know is that we're going to die. Yeah, eventually that, right? will, that will happen to all of us. <laughs> right? We don't like to think about it. It's the unknown. It's strange. It's yeah. we've, we're, we're not 
uh, taught how to deal with it. Society doesn't know how to deal with death. It's, you know, we... Yeah, probably because there's just no way to deal with it. Basically. But is there no yeah. way, really? No, I like, think there is. I mean, in the sense that your own personal death, there is no way to deal with it. Well, you can accept the fact, yeah, yeah. right? And yeah. be at peace yeah. with yeah. it. Because I think that that's the key thing that you said, acceptance. Yeah. Because if, if you're not like accepting that eventually I will die, like you're, you're sort of pushing that reality away from right. yourself. Uh, so it, it becomes less real. Yeah. But if, if it, like, it's there, it happens. It happens to all of us. Yeah. It will happen to, to all of us eventually. Yeah. So yeah, even even if it sounds slightly odd and morbid to be thinking, you're going to die, you're going to die. It was a very calming thought of like, yeah, we're all going there eventually. At one point or another, we're mm. all going to go there. And that somehow calms me down. Um, I had a lot more fear of death before my dad passed away. Uh, now it's like, oh, right, yeah, well, he's there, you know. When I go to the other side, he's going to be there, I guess. <laughs> you know, it doesn't feel as unknown and scary yeah. anymore. And I think um, that's one of the things that has put things into perspective in another way. Mm-hmm. What What is important in life You know how sometimes it helps to look at yourself as a friend. You know, sometimes they, if, if you're really harsh on yourself and you really, really push yourself hard. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard this, but how uh, if you would imagine that you are your friend and you were saying this or a friend was saying this to you, would you still be friends with the person? You know, mm-hmm. if, if the things you are telling yourself would be, you know, if this was a friend, would you still be friends with the person? Um, applying that same thought when it comes to accepting and loving yourself is like, okay, say at, at work, if, if, I, if I put on a bad show one day, um, if that would be a friend, you know, I'd just be like, oh, right, it wasn't really your day today. I still love you. You're still an amazing person. You know, just because you had a bad work day today doesn't really change the most important thing about you. Mm-hmm. And so why don't we think the same way about ourselves, you know? Yeah, that's, it's one of the ways that has helped me love and accept myself. I'm still working on it. It's tough. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, and enjoying yourself. Like with uh, improvised shows that I put on, if I'm feeling a little extra nervous, I'd be like, no, have fun. Because if it turns out to be a good show, then you've had fun, and it's a good show. And if it's a crappy show, well, at least you had fun. So it's a win-win situation in any case, right? Very, very um, true. That's a good mindset. Though. Right? And how sometimes we live our lives just looking at the goal. Like we're running to reach whatever it is. And it's like, hold on, you running from this point to the next point is your life. Mm-hmm. Like, you know? yeah, the, the, the process, the actual, right? like activity of doing it and not just like reaching yes. the, the goal those yeah. seconds are your life so don't waste them just you know looking either back or just looking in front and running to whatever it is it made me smile because it made me think a totally unrelated topic but in my brain it's related what about <laughs> vacation how do you take vacations vacations yeah how do i take i need to be better at taking vacations I don't know if you need to be better because I, I will I tell you do. why it connects to it for me. It's just that 
uh, I have a very good friend that has a way of taking vacation that is I work super hard for three months and then boom I take vacation for two weeks you don't hear about me anymore I'm just in vacation and I have a way of taking vacation that is Every day I will try to do something good for me and I don't take that much days of vacation because I don't know what to do. Uh-huh. And that's why I was asking for you because I'm wondering how do you deal with vacation since you, did to, you seem to be very involved in work mm. but you want part for yourself. So mm. How do you solve this kind of problem? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm a, a mix of you and your friend. Um, uh, in a way, like the, the past few days I've been working a lot very many hours every day um, and what I've been doing for example when I'm going from um, the hostel to uh, where I've been giving the workshops is to while I'm walking instead of just walking like oh I need to get to the workshop one two one two just looking around and being oh like th- there's that building oh wait sun oh I need to stand and soak the sun in for a while and just enjoying these really small moments of Um, just somebody passing by like an older man passing by and us just looking at each other and smiling at each other and then you know continuing to walk these are all moments that make your day so much brighter and lighter and um, yeah I give that sense of vacation but I also need days where I'm just off the radar Um, because it puts you in a it you reach a deeper level of relax- relaxation and um, yeah, going into that vacation mode. Um, sometimes you, you do need like longer days. Um, Great. <laughs> <laughs> no, because this is part of how to deal with work and uh, friends and all the things. And, and, but it, it's also like, it's very much like, how do you relax? Yeah. So like, so like, so, so what, like if we, we pivot off that question and like how what what things makes you relax except for like the 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 awareness in your walk and not just like aiming like same theory applies there like yeah. you're you're st- um, stopping yourself mentally in the yeah. process like trying to experience what's around you yeah. on your way to the goal on your way to to the workshop mm-hmm. from where you're staying mm-hmm. so so is there uh, any like what else do you do to relax yourself or what or? Um, nature is very very important to me uh, I can walk in the woods for hours and hours and hours sitting by water water really calms me down just listening to it and uh, watching it really calms me down being around the right people where you can just be yourself. You don't even have to do much. You can just be with them. That's very relaxing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but nature, definitely. Um, and animals, petting cats. <laughs> That's very relaxing, right? That connection you have with animals is different from the connection you have with humans. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's very true. Yeah, that's very true. I I've noticed myself um, that when I when I connect with an animal, because yeah. um, like I, I Swedish is my native tongue, but I live in and work in Spain, and mainly my life is in English. But right. every time I meet an animal. I automatically just start speaking Swedish. Yeah, I do that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because like, like it's it's so deep inside like it's it's this sort of like I 
I, I don't even notice it. It just happens. Yeah. And some people from the outside just comments like, well, why do you speak why do you speak Swedish to, to this dog? They've, that dog has never been in, in, in Sweden. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, babies and animals. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It happens with babies as yeah. well. Yes, yeah. babies and animals. But I, I've always thought that that particular thing is related to, like, because your native language uh, um, also brings out the natural body language uh, in you. So when you speak your own native tongue, you you move and, and show with your body as much as you you do with your words more naturally because uh, it's not a trained in in language and i think with with babies and, and animals they take in those signals so much in the communication so that 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 it's easier for us to get our point across if we... that's interesting i didn't actually make that connection when it when it comes to animals that the body language yeah that's that's an interesting And you have several native tongues now, or...? I guess, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I spoke Arabic at home. Um, and, and Swedish, s- Swedish um, outside of, mm. of home, because I was, I was born in Sweden. Um, I've gone to an international school where we were only allowed to speak English. Mm. Um, yeah, and then recently I, I learned... Spanish, but um, I so guess you, you dream in what language? You, you know, I dream in all languages. I, I've even dreamt oh, in yeah? Spanish, and I was so yes, I was so I surprised. Know it's possible to dream in several languages. Oh no, no it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's happened to I me. I was so well. surprised. Yeah. Um, apparently, when I count, because they tell they say when you count, that's yeah, how you know the way, yeah. what the native language is. And now, in the workshops that I've been teaching, all of my students are like, yeah. By the end of this, we're going to know how to count in Swedish because every time we're back from a break or, you know, I'm counting how many we are to see if everybody's there. And I apparently do it in Swedish. Uh, so my students are all like, yeah, by the end of this class, we're going to know how to count in Swedish. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the most comfortable I'm at is when I get to mix all my languages in this at the same time like if i'm talking to my sister who speaks um also english arabic and swedish we like in the same sentence we can have three languages without any problems and it's really comfortable just like the first word that comes to your mind in whatever language is the one you use and mm. and also something you've got these nuances right sometimes you have this word that only works in this one language yeah. um so, right so, so true. yeah so true. and so if you can mix oh juicy stuff yeah <laughs> no, that, that's interesting. I, I have no clue about Swedish and, and Arabic. So, what are like topics or I don't know ideas that are easier to express in Swedish or in Arabic than in English? Mm-hmm. If oh, there is wow. any, because I feel like Arabic uh, has so much var- varieties that probably there are a lot of things that you can express that is very difficult to express in other languages. Mm. I think it's very much related to the culture. Um, I mean, yes, you're right. With Arabic is a very rich uh, language, and you have, you know, like I think it's 15 different ways of saying love, depending on what kind of love it is. Yeah, like 15 different words, uh, give or take, somewhere around there. Um, that's but not I think the topic I would imagine. No, that's interesting. Hmm. It's the stereotype. It's the stereotype, but no, no, no. <laughs> it's not about stereotype. I think that love is love is a kind of a universal topic. 
So it's interesting to discover that there is one language where there is more way to say yeah. love than other languages. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, surprising. Yeah. And like with with Spanish, for example, there's the word sobremesa. Like once you've had dinner and you're just sitting and chatting and you know, that that word doesn't exist in in Swedish, we don't do that in Sweden. Yeah, because you don't do that. Right, <laughs> right. So those kinds of things are like the Swedish word lagom, which is just right. You know, it's not too much. It's not too little. Uh, if you think of milk, there's full milk, there's skimmed milk, and then there's half um, cream. Lagom is like half cream, yeah. right? And that's what you say about Swedes. Yeah. We're lagom. Yeah. We're the people of lagom. Like the, the, when you use the word perfect in terms of like, oh, they used the perfect amount. Like this is per, the, like that's the, the perfect amount of, of water in that cup. Uh, and like I've, I've, I like to translate lagom to moderately perfect right. or something like yeah. that because it, it, it's it's difficult to to translate that word yeah. and and it's similar to that the, the 15 different types of of uh, stages of love yeah. or, or something like that I, uh, I when i compare swedish with other languages like you have the word in english for to putting something like uh, i put it there I, i i put it over there i put it away in Swedish, we have like seven different words depending on what it is. Like if you put something on a table or if you put it away out of the window, like there is many different <laughs> specific words for it. Uh, um, and the same thing with grandparents. I, I always struggle with, with in English and, and Spanish and other language because they only have one word for, for grandparent or grandmother. But in Swedish, we specify it. So it, we're not talking about... I, if I say my my grandmother, I I wouldn't say grandmother as a general word. I would say it as my mother's mother or my my father's mother. Uh, so we have specific words for that. So without like in English, I always ask people like, oh, but so which which grandmother are you talking about now? Yeah. So like uh, I've uh, we've heard so many cool things about like how you think about like uh, how you think about life and how you analyze things and how how you uh, what your opinions are and how sure you are about your own opinions the, but i once again i like i like the way that you were talking about the ripple effects of how you ended up where you are uh, today like if uh, if things hap- didn't happen or if you didn't do that do you have a specific event or something that you feel if i did something different there like a, a crossroads where if you'd taken a different decision, you would be in a completely different place now. Uh, any like event related to that that you that you're willing to share? Yes. So I used to have a corporate job. I used to work as a management consultant, um, helping Swedish companies that want to establish themselves abroad. So it's a lot of export and so on. And because I speak Arabic and I've lived in the Middle East, I ended up in the Middle East a lot. So I've worked in uh, Cairo, I've worked in Baghdad and Dubai. Um, I also worked towards Morocco. And um, I had been doing that for, for years. You know, I had studied business because even though I wanted to become an actor from a young age uh, and I was making all these videos and um yeah directing all these shows with my cousins and stuff my mom was like no you need to study something proper you know you can you can have theater and acting on the side but you need to study something proper so i studied business and and that's what i was working um as for for years 
And um, I was in Dubai uh, working, uh, helping Swedish companies establish themselves in, in the Middle East. And I just felt like I need theater. Like I've always had theater in my life in one way or another. Um, so it's always been part of my life. But for that period of time, I wasn't doing any theater. And I felt like I need that in my life. And so I looked up theaters in Dubai and um, found an improv theater. Um, I had only done scripted theater before that. So I went to the theater and I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm going to get up on stage. I don't know what I'm going to do or say. This is madness, but okay, I'll give it a shot. And I did that and, and I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, it was very playful and very very special way of people dealing with each other in the improv community. It's a lot more than just the improv. It's, it's you know, the, the relationship between the humans is, is even more fascinating, I think, um, in the improv community. But so, yeah, I, I got into that. And then when I moved back to Sweden, I decided I wanted to continue with improv. Um, and I found there was a, an improv festival um, that... Um, was in Stockholm and I think it was a day before it was going to start and I was like ooh can I actually ask if I can join it's just a day before and I decided I would anyway and I and I did um, and they said yes you're welcome you can join we've got one spot left and you can have it so I took that spot and I did that whole festival um, and then the people at the festival were like you you should be doing improv um, you, you should continue with this um And you should take classes at like the highest level that we've got. And I was like, oh yeah, nice, I'll do that. Um, and at the same time, I went to audition at another theater also at that same level. So I, I was getting into improv. And then at that point I felt like, okay, Naha, for years and years and years, you've been really passionate about theater. You've still like worked within business and had theater on the side. Maybe this is the point where you should see if you should you know, can change this. And I had the thought of meeting with the uh, owner of the theater to ask if um, I could start working there, you know, because I've got the business background. I could, I could help with the corporate training and I've got the passion for uh, theater. So maybe if I combine those two, I could work there and I could help them out. And I wasn't feeling comfortable doing that, you know, going up to someone and just selling myself and like that. Um, and that was, referring to what we talked about before, that was one of the points where I was like, don't think too much, just do it. You know, just call him and say, I'd like to have a meeting with you. How about we go out for lunch? And uh, I did that and I pitched myself into, you know, I, yeah, I pitched myself. I, just, I said, okay, I've got the business background, I've got theater, let's do this. And from that point, you know, I... I I got a job there and I um, quit my corporate job and it's changed my life entirely. Say again? And you're happy of this choice? Yes, I'm very happy. Mm. I'm very happy that I finally chose to follow that passion to see where it leads me instead of uh, just having it on the side and, and not really daring to go into it full on. I think that's one of the things that we are afraid of, if we're really passionate about something, it can be easier to not try it, you know, not try to give it a go, because then if you, 
if you don't make it, well, you know, you never tried. You could have made it if you had tried. Well, if you go for it and you fail, that would almost hurt you more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that was one of the times when I just had to jump and, and give it a shot and see what happens. Now I'm thinking that when you say that when you have a thing that you're very passionate about, you have to try is that I feel like you don't have only one thing you're passionate about. Say again. I don't... You don't have only one thing no. you're passionate about. No. So how do you pick? It's just um, that there was an opportunity here, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Do you have to pick? Uh, <laughs> if you don't pick, we are back to the... There is a lot of things and you don't, you're, 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 there's not in, only one thing you're doing fully. So we are back to what you say, we need to make a choice, you know. Like, I'm not asking to solve that because it's no, kind of... No, but like now what I'm doing, I mean, I'm doing improv theater. I'm doing a lot of improv theater as an improviser, but I'm also teaching. I'm also doing scripted theater. I'm also doing voiceovers and storytelling. Mm. Uh, and I get to travel. So... So there are a lot of it. <laughs> yes, but then, you know, you can have periods when you do more of one thing and less of another. Yeah. Or, yeah, find that balance. It's a challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a real challenge. Cool. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. I think we can stop here. It was a very, very nice discussion. We talked about a lot of things. Um, since we, as usual, we didn't warn you, do you have a quote for us or a motto or anything? <laughs> What we talked about earlier about acceptance yeah. and finding that openness to allow things to happen in your life that you could not have planned for had you tried. I think that's what I'm going for. And you don't always have to see the whole staircase, you know, just take that one step uh, and see what it leads you to. You don't have to see the whole staircase, just take the first step. Yeah. This one is great. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure having you. Yeah.